Well, welcome back to the podcast, Conversations with Jeff Bucknam. This is a uh, podcast where we have a conversation with someone from our church because uh, we know that everyone has a story, and we're going to get into that in just a little bit. But before we do, uh, my name's Tommy Kreitz. I'm the host of the podcast, and we're going to talk about something. This is time where we take you know a couple minutes, not long, to tell you all of the things that you really want to know. Yeah, is this... Uh is this the breaking news section of this is our breaking news? Yeah. And, and sometimes it's current events. Sometimes it's fun facts about you specifically. Sometimes it is, uh, about lessons on ice, ice fishing. Oh yeah, that's true. We did some of that. Yeah. Mm. Really just practical, Tommy, can I practical things. Really yeah, quickly? of course. It's probably not what you had planned. No, as a, as We're a ready. Wisconsiner, yeah. what do you do in the summertime in Wisconsin? What's the, what's the summertime Wisconsin fun thing to do? Yeah. Uh, well, it depends where you are in Wisconsin, right? I, I would say that a lot of like what you do in Illinois is what you do in Wisconsin. The Midwest is kind of like... You have more lakes though. Yeah, we Yes, there are a lot of lakes. So fishing is a big one for sure. Um, and it's not uh, it's not iced oh, really? during the summer. I didn't know if you knew that, you know. <laughs> it's, it, you know, you get on your boat, you go out, you fish. Of course, that's one thing. Um, Let's see. What else do you do? Uh, again, it depends where you are. Where I was was in rural Wisconsin, so like cornfields. There's a there's another kind of it. There is. Yeah, they've there's got like some non, cities, right? Okay. Yeah, there's you've got Milwaukee, okay. Kenosha, Racine. I've been to Milwaukee. Madison. Still kind of rural. Yeah, in some parts, sure. Yeah, but where I lived was really w- rural, like uh, like you know, um, less than five thousand people in one town. Okay less than 60 in another, you know, so like pretty, pretty out in the middle of nowhere. And so, yeah, you kind of just, <laughs> it was weird. I took our kids there to, cause my parents still live there. Yeah. And so I took our kids and, uh, I do a lot. We visit grandma and grandpa quite frequently. And so, um, it's just a different like atmosphere. You could kind of let the kids be outside without much supervision because there's just nothing around so do your parents live on a farm they don't live on a farm they live in a neighborhood they live in, in a, a town of five thousand people yes and it's not like it's a it's a very spaced out neighborhood um very few houses in this neighborhood Are there so ditches on the side of the ditches road? on the side of the road culvers underneath the you know underneath the driveways uh the backyard is a it's there's a there's a main road and then there's a cornfield on the other side okay and so it's 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 out it's out so there. do the kids go wandering around in the corn no, no. Is that be- a thing that you can't do? You shouldn't do that. No. You Why? Because sh- it's trespassing, you know. What? Have like I done gonna, it? Like maybe as find a kid. You? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have I done it before? Sure. Um, Tommy, is it true that all all of inside the corn live aliens and things like that? Totally. Yeah. There's yeah, the, 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 like the crop signs. Yeah, every there's, movie, there's like, yeah, yeah. it's always it's these children of the corn, right? Yeah. yeah it's like uh, one thing though, um, interesting that we're talking about cornfields is my fear. I have a fear of spiders. Are there lots of spiders in cornfields? So they make their webs across the stalks of corn, right? And so I um, have never really been, I was never afraid of spiders, but then I was, one day, me and a couple of friends uh, from our neighborhood, we decided to run into the cornfield, as you do, for fun. And uh, Do you, like, I, pick the corn? No, you just run through it. Because it's, like, really, uh, you, you know, it's got lanes. And yeah. so you can just run through. <laughs> so there's not much to do in Wisconsin. <laughs> but you make your own fun, right? And so I was running through, and I ran through a uh, banana spider nest or, you know, web. Okay, what is the banana? How does the so, banana spiders differ from other spiders? So really, uh, 
it's a terrible looking spider. It's black and yellow. Okay. And it's big. Okay. Like big. And um, it, I ran through it and it was on my face and it bit me. What? On my face. And Do you have special powers? I didn't. Like I thought that right. the Spider-Man. Anyway, no, I didn't get special powers and it hurt really bad. Do you bad. like bananas now? No, oh, I'm actually allergic to it. bananas. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> I found it. That's why I'm allergic to bananas. No, and so I have now been afraid of spiders okay. ever since. I can't stand them. Okay. Oh. So um, before we get into our thing, I do have another question about your town. Is it so? If I drove through your town, mm-hmm. is there like one gas station on your town? There is there one gas station. One gas station. Yep. Is there like a, a place that all the kids went, like the the Dairy Queen or the no. Tasty Freeze nope. or the Nope. Nothing like that. Everyone it's lives. Like a- so there's the town and then everyone kind of, there's a couple people who lived in town, but mostly everyone lived on the outskirts of town. Okay. But the town's not a place miles. that people would go nope. and nope. hang out and no. Nope. Okay. There's a town over called Twin Lakes that we would go and hang out and oh. kind of, it had more things to do, right? There was nothing really in, uh, I'm talking about Wilmot, Wisconsin. It's a great place, but there's not a lot, you know, there's a, it's a really strange place. There's a, there is a gas station. They've got a couple stop signs. There's a steakhouse called Stage Stop, which is actually quite nice. Uh, they have a, do you know what sprint cars are? Uh, no. So it's like, um, it's, it's, it's racing on mud and it's a specific type of car that's got fins on the top of it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. No, yeah. And they, yeah, they, they race around and they spit up the mud at the, you know, at the stands and it's amazing and super loud. They've got that weirdly there. Um, and like I don't know, maybe five bars because, of course, Wisconsin. Five bars. Yeah, and um, one ice cream place now, which See, is new. That's my thing. And now that might be the place where people go, but they didn't have that when I was right. there. So, I would like to go to your town sometime. Okay, so don't blink. No, <laughs> you'll I, miss it. <laughs> it sounds like a great time. It's five thousand people hang out at the at the gas station. Yeah. All right. Get some gas. All right, so I'm going to recommend a TV show to you. Okay, that's part of Canadian like culture. Uh, it's called Corner Gas. Okay, and so you probably find it online. Corner Gas. Yeah, I imagine it's probably on all, some of the streaming services. Corner Gas. Corner Gas. It is a uh, just watch a few of the episodes. It's based in a tiny little town called Dog River, Saskatchewan. Amazing, and it is. The quintessential Canadian small town. Well, the Canadian prairie humor. It's actually kind of funny. I probably enjoy after it. After watching it, you'd be like, "Oh, I understand Canadians, these are Canadians. now." <laughs> yeah, I understand so, them more now. There you go. You got a recommendation. Thank you, Corner Gas. Binge watch Corner Gas. All right. How old is it? Oh, it's been around for a long time. They stopped doing it a few years ago, but okay. So all yeah, right, you'll like it. All right, I promise. I'm gonna watch it then. All right. All right, well, I'm going to be watching that, but now we're going to be having a conversation uh, with Pastor John Nichols, who's the campus pastor at the Crystal Lake campus, and we're going to hear his story because everyone has a story, and we're going to get into it right now. Let's go. So here I sit with John Nichols from 
the Crystal Lake campus. John, you are the campus pastor at Crystal Lake, but that's not always what you've done. No. Okay, no, so I'm really, doing, I'm actually really excited yeah, about getting to know all the stuff that you've done. Just been about 15 months, so. I've asked you a thousand questions like this before yeah. in private, so now I'm going to ask it to you in public. Sounds good. And I'm along the way, I'm going to ask you other questions about okay. the answers that you give me. Um, John, when you first met me, mm-hmm. was it the most exciting thing that had ever happened to you? No. Okay. Yeah. That, now that we've got that out of the way, um, you are from Barrington. I live in the town of Barrington, yes. and you're from Barrington. Most of my life, yeah. Okay, where are you born? New York City. What? Yeah, Manhattan, downtown. You are not. New York Hospital, New York City. You're a New Yorker. Well, for three months. I was born there. I lived in foster care for three months until I was adopted. Then I lived in Jersey until I was uh. 13. And we moved to Illinois in 82 and Barrington Middle School, Barrington High School. Through college, I came home to Barrington. Did you grow up knowing you were adopted or is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, my parents were very open out about it my whole life. Yeah. So. Do you know your birth parents? I do. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, when, one, of my, one of my funny earliest memories was all I meant, <coughs> understood that adoption meant I came out of somebody else's belly. Mm-hmm. So when I was five years old, my best friend, who was also named John, down the street, they had like seven kids and his mom was heavy. So yeah. I just used to think, I came from Mrs. Volpe. It must be. She's, because, always, she's always cranking out babies. I must have been one of hers. <laughs> so that's what I understood adoption to mean. But yeah, I found my birth mother in high school. Uh, we've stayed in close touch. Go see, and in fact, I'm going to see her in a month. And then I uh, found my birth father in college. Wow. So uh, you're in, like, do you claim the New Yorker tag? You kind of do. You're a okay. Yankee fan. I am. Right. You First, and the devil, both Yankee sure. fans. Sounds good. No, you kind of both are, right? <laughs> no, the devil would be the fan of the team that loses no, all the no, time. No, 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 no. So like Yankee, Seattle. No, well, the Yankee, no. The, the team that loses all the time is the team that hasn't made a pact with the devil. Oh, the Yankees, on the other hand, have, have made many packs with the devil. It's one way to look at it. Um, when's the last time the Yankees won a World Series? 2009, I That's believe. getting a little bit when, long when's in the, the last tooth time Seattle now. won a World Series? Listen, we're in it for the integrity, okay? <laughs> okay. This, the Mariners are there to help everybody else feel better. Okay. They're doing a good job. Yes. Think about the joy I will have when they win. In, in 2146, <laughs> if the Lord tarries, they will... They will come and get it. So, John, uh, but you grew up then in New, Jer- New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Is Northern. that, like, if you go back to New Jersey right now, would you say that's my hometown? My home no, area? I would say Barrington is. I've been, I mean, I lived in the Midwest, well, now almost 24 years of, so almost half my life. Okay. Um, but you grew up in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Until I was 13. Doing your best Jersey accent. The only thing that, pro- it's not as, th- like, it gets embellished on TV. It's not thick. The only word that still really remains that people always laugh me about is yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And then he made my mother in New York and like, oh, that's where you get it from yesterday. Okay. Kind of ignore We're that. in uh, New Jersey. I have been to uh, New Jersey. So f- Westwood till I was seven and then Woodcliffe Lake. And they're How only close is to, that to Trenton? Uh, a couple hours north. Oh, okay. They're, th- both of those are about half an hour from downtown New York. All right. You get yeah. offended when people make fun of New Jersey? No, because I realize most of them have only been to Newark and Newark is the armpit of the country. But if you ever... The eastern, the western half of the state, the Jersey Shore, are absolutely beautiful. Okay, they're incredible. Okay, yeah, that's the feeling I got when I watched that show, Jersey Shore. Is is well, beautiful. that's nothing like the Jersey. It's the beauty of it. Forget the people. That's nothing like okay. it. Okay, right. So you grew up though. <laughs> your family that adopted you, Christian family. Yeah. No, no. Okay, so you grew up in in uh, there in. When did you move to Barrington? Eighty two, summer of eighty two. So grew up. We would. Go, what I remember is going to church Christmas and Easter. Yeah. Like a lot of people taught 
you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, that he died for you, you're good. Okay. And so we moved here in 82 and just never went to another church after that. Okay. So. So um, when did you start going to church here in, uh, in Chicagoland? So freshman year in high school, we'd been here about a year and a half. Uh, my brother was going, my older brother was going with a friend of his to Village Church of Barrington Youth Group. And yes, which is still there, Village Church of Barrington. Yeah, good church. Uh, they start, kept inviting me. There, so the guy that he was, my brother was going with had a younger brother named Peter, and they just all were bugging me to go. And my memories were just that it's boring. It's, it's a big guy in a robe. It's a Bible the size of a table. You know, I can't understand anything. So I didn't want to go. And they bugged me for like four months. And finally said, I'll go if you guys promise to never ask me again. And they're like, oh, okay, great. And so I went, we walk in, and, and first off, they're playing volleyball in a gym, which just blew me away. That, like, I love sports. Why would a church have a gym and be playing volleyball? And I'm, I realized I knew half the people in the gym from high school. Mm. Um, I thought that was a blast. We sung these corny, cheesy songs that I just thought were funny. Uh, but the message that night, the youth pastor, planned or not, was talking about how God loves you and he knows you by name. And that phrase right there, like, just was radical to me. Like, okay, I always knew that, like, you know, believe in God, believe in Jesus, you're good. But what do you mean he knows me by name? And that just, like, grabbed my heart. I got to know more about this. So we dropped them off that night, and my friend Peter's brother Steve was like, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, we'll pick you up next week. I'm going back. Well, kind of drew me in. And so that was where you kind of cut your teeth Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Kept going weekly that New Year's Eve. um, Was it December 31st? 83, mm-hmm. uh, had a lock-in. Don't remember where it was. It was at some roller rink somewhere. Ah, uh, the old yeah, roller yeah, rink yeah, lock-in. Lock yeah, midnight to 7 a.m. Oh, and at like 3.30 in the morning, some guy gave a message, don't even know who it was, you know, and gave you an opportunity. Well, most people come to faith in Jesus at 3.30. Yeah, they do. Exactly. They do. They're so tired <laughs> that you're like, do you want yeah. to go to sleep? Wired Trust nachos Christ. and hot dogs and soda <laughs> at 3.30 in the morning. But that's when I gave my life to Christ. That's great. So, and to that pastor's credit, the youth pastor spent like the next three months discipling me to wow. kind of get me rooted. Is he still around? I don't know. He was uh, like a year and a half later, he left the church and didn't keep tabs on him. I'd heard he'd retired in Florida so years ago, but I, don't know. I just always wonder if some of the got people who've had that influence. Here, here you are, a guy who came from outside the church, showed yeah. up. He spent three months, mm-hmm. and then the next year he left. If he has any idea that this young guy that he that he um, discipled for that short period yeah. of time, went went off and, and got into the yeah. ministry, planted a church in Arizona, and <laughs> working yeah. as yeah. a campus pastor in Chicago. Well, anyway, it's amazing the stuff that we don't know right. has happened as a result of the work we've put in. Yeah. So uh, you are married to a wife, yes? Yes, Amy. Amy, yeah. She's a, she's a piece of work. She's fantastic. <laughs> she is. She's delightful. Um, she's a teacher. Mm-hmm. At HCA, the Harvest Christian yes. Academy, right? Mm-hmm. But she was actually a college teacher. Yes, yeah. She spent a number, she spent 20-something years teaching junior high English and then got a position with uh, Arizona Christian University when we were living out in Phoenix. And she was in the education department teaching future teachers. Okay. So, yeah, and loved it. Now she's in high school teaching. Yeah, back at the high school level, teaching English again. Okay. Uh, and really enjoying it. She's really seen God working through her and in her at that school. So it's been great. That's great. Before you came back here for the second time, you grew, you, so you grew up and were in Barrington High School. Mm-hmm. You lived in, in Barrington. And, uh, and then uh, how did you get involved in ministry? 
Did you like, was that something you thought while you were in high school and going to this, uh, this youth group? Did it even cross your mind? Was no. it even a category? No. What did you want to do when you grew up? Uh, well, as a little kid, play shortstop for the New York Yankees. But um, when I got to the Midwest. God he, saved you and your soul <laughs> he did. from many things, John. I'm sure he did. So uh, in high school, I was in gymnastics. Uh, I was not great, but pretty good. Had a chance at maybe getting a scholarship or at least walking on. And I had a number of friends who went to Illinois and Iowa and had walked on. And they, we had the same skill level. I figured, okay, um, I'll, get a, I'll apply to Illinois or Iowa. I'll be able to walk on, do gymnastics all through college. Uh, didn't get accepted, so didn't even have a chance. In fact, the only place I got recruited was West Point to go be on a gymnastics team. At really? West Point. Yeah, and I turned it down. Okay, I need to pause for a second. Okay. What kind of gymnastics did you do? Men's gymnastics. Yes, okay, but so, all the stuff? Uh, like, were you on I, the rings? Rings, parallel bars. Can you do the rings where you hold the thing, the iron power cross yes. thing? You could do that. Yes. Can you do it now? Uh, probably would tear about four different things in my shoulders and arms, but... Could you do a floor routine? Not anymore, no. Oh, John. Rings was my specialty. If so. we got our whole staff together, though, and and we we got a bunch of other people to do like things that are, they're especially good at, would you be one of the people who would do a floor routine for the whole staff? I can't do a floor routine Well, anymore. John, I think I you can. I could maybe put a rings routine a pommel together horse? for you. They would do you that. do the pommel horse? I said rings, parallel bars, vault. Parallel bars. Maybe I'll do a vault for you. Give me a little warm-up. Maybe I could try a vault for you. But the only thing I'm going to do on the floor is a cartwheel. So I can, you want to get on a diving board? That's You're a different a gymnast. story. That's great. Get me off a diving board. It's what was story. your best thing as a gymnast? Um, well, rings were my best. That's, I missed state by 0.05 going down state. Right. What so does that mean? Going down, the scores. Like I had a, I think I had like an 8.75 and you needed 8.8 8 to make it The down French the judge got paid off by Probably. the others. Yeah. Yeah. So rings was my best. Okay. So. That's great. Did you enjoy, um, did you enjoy gymna gymnastics or yeah. did you like the individuality of it? Did you like doing it a part of a team? Isn't it when you're a part of a team, isn't it that everybody kind of, they pull the scores or you guys all do the same? I yeah. Well, it's that. unique in that it's both individual and team. Like you can advance as a team, even if you're not that good as an individual, but you can also advance as an individual, even if your team doesn't advance. Okay. Wow. So. This is something I had no idea yeah. that, that you did. So you were going to try to do that in college. That's, but that was my gave, hope. That was my aspiration. You gave yeah. it up. Why? I didn't get in anywhere that had it. Well, at West Point's not, you I know. I know. But Mike Krzyzewski was from West Point. True. But I didn't want to give up the five years after. Oh. If you go to West Point and graduate, you take the commission, it's five more years in the Army. Oh, uh, yeah. So I didn't want to do. So uh, where did you go then? Taylor. Taylor University. Why? So, uh, the Lord. I, so another story. My dad, this is probably now February of my senior year. I get a letter in the mail that says, you've been, congratulations, you've been accepted to Northern Michigan University. Hmm. Great. I hadn't applied to Northern Michigan University. <laughs> Did somebody else apply? I, I, I was sharing the letter with my parents and my dad said, yeah, I, I, I filled out all the paperwork. I wrote your essay. You're in. If you don't get in anywhere else, that's where you're going. a boy. You're going to college. <laughs> and I was at youth group kind of whining to my friends. Did like, you write your other papers too? And you were in high school? <laughs> no, no, cause I would have gotten a better GPA, <laughs> but tell my friends at youth group, like you should all come to Taylor. I'm like, what's Taylor? Like Christian. I'm like, wait, I can't drink. I can't smoke. Not that I did those things, but I'm like, it's going to have all these rules, but just apply. We're going and applied and got in. Like, okay. And I didn't even meet the requirements. Like you talk about God directing that season of my life yeah. that I want you here. I didn't get in where I met the requirements, but I got in where I didn't. So is that, did you meet Amy at Taylor? No, that was after Taylor. Okay. So uh, four years at Taylor? I like to stretch it into five. Okay. Yeah, of course you do. You want so, to spend more time. Yeah, so what was your, what was your major? What was your degree in? Secondary ed, social studies. What? You're a teacher. High school history teacher. Really? Yes. 
Did you ever teach high school history? No. Okay, Again, why not? Lord sense of humor, I guess. That I went in as a business major. I came out with an education degree. And three months before I graduated, the Lord put on my heart a burden for, for youth ministry. I went directly into ministry. Okay, where? Uh, youth for Christ in Arlington Heights. So I ran a campus. So you came back to Chicago. That was came your back plan. To Chicago. Okay. My, actually, my plan initially was Arizona. My parents had already moved out there, loved it out there. Um, but I had this burden for ministry. A guy who was a gentleman who was mentoring me at Taylor said, hey, if you want to learn more, I got a friend in Chicago you can at least talk to and learn more about this parachurch ministry called Youth for Christ. That went great. The Lord worked it in my life and made, me, made it clear to me that that's where I needed to go. They could train me, teach me, equip me. And so I ended up coming back here. For so what does Youth for Christ do? They do campus life. It's very similar. What does that mean? Camp it's whatever. very similar to Young Life. So okay. it's parachurch. They go into a local high school, or a tar they target a local high school, find some of these kids who aren't believers, try to lead them to Christ, start kind of a youth group, yep. like youth club called Campus Life, and then ultimately, as kids are coming out of Christ and you're discipling them, get them connected to the local church. Okay. So it's been around 60, 70 years at this point. I think it was 50 years yeah. back then. But, and I was doing that at Rolling Meadows High School for four years. Man, you're such a local kid. Like I'm sitting, we're right now yeah. we're sitting in uh, our Rolling Meadows yeah. campus. How far away from here did you do this? The high school is just down the street. Oh my word! So, okay, so uh, you go there for how many years? Are you there? I was with Youth of Christ for four years. Okay, were you like, what was your job? I was running the campus. I had a campus life, and I also had a JV, which was junior high club. Okay, recruited. So you go to the different. You, okay, so yeah. basically running the like the a youth program. pastor running senior high and junior high. Okay, yeah, you liked it. Loved it. Why? That's really what the burden was that got me into ministry when I was just sitting at Taylor my senior year in prayer, and I just had this burden on my heart. Do you want to, like, it was a question the Spirit posed to me. Do you want to teach kids about George Washington? I absolutely love history. Or do you want to teach them about Jesus Christ? And I just was like, well, it's, it's not even a comparison. Yeah. One will get him an A in a class, and one will get him into eternity. Yeah. I want to teach him about Jesus, but I have no idea how to do that. So, I mean, they trained and equipped me and prepared me and um, and the Lord just confirmed this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life while I was there. Youth ministry. Huh? Ministry or youth ministry? He confirmed that I was going to do ministry for the rest of my life. Okay. But, but you like when you didn't go into youth ministry and were like, this is my jam. I'm going to do youth ministry at for the all time, my days. That's what I thought. Okay. And that is what I thought because eventually I'd be at a church as a youth pastor, thought still I'd be doing this. And kind of as abruptly as the Lord led me into ministry, it was you got shifted. A, a dozen years in, I had a shift to want to do the same thing with adults. So you were, uh, what was the, okay, the first church though yeah. you went to, how old were you? Uh, to, to work. Oh, to work? Yeah. 98, almost 30. Okay. So yeah. you're a 30-year-old youth pastor now. Mm -hmm. Are you married? Yeah. Okay, where'd you meet her? I met Amy summer 95. through. Amy went to Wheaton College. A good friend of mine named Brian went to Wheaton College. They were good friends. And so mm. a couple years out of college, we had a whole group of young adults hanging out. Amy had gone home initially, then moved back the summer 95. Where's she from? Connecticut. Okay. So she moved back summer 95, reached out to Brian and was like, Hey, just, I'm back. I'd love to hang out with some, looking for some college, adult friends to hang out with. Okay. So I was at Youth for Christ putting in 70 hour weeks. I'd been hearing about her from this whole group we hung out with, but I hadn't seen her for like the first two months she was here. And then? Then the Chicago Bulls. What's the first time you see her? Chica downtown Chicago. Chica okay. Chicago Bulls used to do this thing called uh, the three on three Chicago Bowl tournament. Anybody could enter, sign up a three man team. They put you in age brackets. So it was you and brackets. her and who else? No, it was me and three other oh, guys, sorry. all of who played high school ball. I was the wrestler, the gymnast. I knew nothing about basketball. I got to tell you, I know Amy. I bet she would have won that thing. Yeah. Yeah, she would have. She's throwing a couple elbows. She would. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> but so we, we play in this thing. We get killed. It's 105 heat index. We're sweating. We smell. We lost. I'm a little grumpy. I'm a little hungry. And that's when I met Amy. Yeah. And so my wife, one of the, her strengths, she is very complimentary to anybody. Just she likes to do that. Just to yeah. she'll compliment a waitress, a checkout person, anybody. Just yeah, it's a very sweet thing she does. In the moment, I didn't find it real sweet. I'm fully owning my attitude in this. Like I was, like I said, sweaty, grumpy, smelly. And hey, John, this is this is Amy. We've heard all about Amy. This is Amy. Amy. This is John. I'm like, hey, very nice to meet you. And she says, nice to meet you. You have very very beautiful eyes. Wow, that's right. But after it <laughs> well i'm sitting there like i can smell myself how can you not smell me i'm i'm, I'm oh, she tripping. could do i'm tripping with sweat she was trying to be positive so she was i just thought it was really weird wow yeah it's so, a, well it's not usually the first line no yeah but, but I, do you immediately i mean the first line if she likes your eyes she, you're thinking well yeah but i ruined it about five minutes later what did you do so now the group's together trying to figure out what to do and she decides to chime in and what we should do. And she's kind of the new girl. And I just was kind of irritated in the moment and was kind of like wondering, who do you think you are? Yeah. And so I actually said that out loud. Good for you. I was like, Amy, what, we're 25 years old. We can figure this out. You nice. kind of bit her head off. Wasn't a good. All right. And so, so ever since then, you've been, you've been paying for that one <laughs> remark. Pretty much. So when did you get married? No. Got married summer of 97. Okay. Two, so two years after two that, years after that mm-hmm. you start dating pretty about, soon after you started uh, about three months okay yeah i wouldn't see her again for about a month yeah okay so but about three months later we started dating and yeah. you've been married how long now 25 years this past july 4th okay and you have like 17 children <laughs> four three children two, two children jacob and anna yeah yeah anna is at taylor and is a junior at taylor psychology major and your son graduated from graduated from taylor, taylor. in may yeah. and works for harvest that's fantastic what's your daughter planning on doing Going to get her master's, at least initially, in psychology, but she's got a heart for working with teens who've been trafficked. Oh, that's great. So we'll that's great. what happens with that, yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know John and Amy and their family, uh, I, I, I tease them because I love them very much. They're lovely, lovely people. I appreciate it. John actually is one of the first people who ever contacted me from Harvest. He wasn't even here yet, and you called me yeah. on the phone and said, what were you thinking? No, you didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, anyway, but yeah, you, you talked and said, oh, we should get together and stuff. And yeah. so we're friends now. And so I, we, we have fun. I get to pick on John. He's a good guy. Um, so John, uh, what is the best part of being a campus pastor in Crystal Lake? Uh, I, well, the people, I don't even have to think about that. The Crystal Lake campus is the people are just unbelievably loving and supportive and encouraging. They, we need, we need something done. The folks step up and do it without hesitation. Yeah. I don't have to ask half the time. Sometimes I'm doing something and they're like, you shouldn't be doing that. We can do it. Yeah. I mean, they're just, it's a great family team atmosphere out there in Crystal. So Lake. is that you, prior to being here, you were in Arizona mm-hmm. as a Harvest Bible Fellowship church planter. Yes. How'd that go? Uh, not as planned. Okay, talk to me about not as planned. Because you got involved with Harvest kind of, you were still, were you still working in youth ministry? No, I've always known about Harvest, um, just having grown up here, done ministry here again, being in Rolling Meadows when yep. Harvest was just, I think it bought this place that we're yep. in now. And so we were, we were part of a small struggling church in Arizona and realized we had a good core. And if we could just find some help, we think we could maybe relaunch it. Yeah. And uh, reached out to Harvest. There was Harvest North Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bill Bornstein was there and reached out to them and just said, 
you guys help churches? And then that kind of started the process of replanting as a harvest. And I had had a really rough couple of years in ministry, kind of gotten beaten up a little bit. And the Lord had revealed to me I needed some healing and some growth. So we said, hey, we're going to not pastor right now, but we're not going to go anywhere. We want to help this church plant. And so took some time off, continued to, I was already had a martial arts school that I was doing. So kept doing that. Whoa, 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 whoa. You had a martial arts school? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taught karate, kickboxing. Like like Mr. Miyagi stuff. Kind of. You're basically. No chopsticks. No chopsticks. Really? Yeah. John, you are just a fountain of interesting (laughs) things. So uh, what, how did you get into like fighting bad guys? (laughs) Um, we were living in Connecticut. We had a brief stint between here and Arizona. Uh, I was pastoring in Connecticut and my son was almost six and his friend said, Hey, I'm taking karate. Do you want to come try it? So we went to watch one night. John, it's it's pronounced karate. Thank you. And, uh, Jake said, I'd love to do this if you'll do it with me. And so I asked the instructor, I'm like, I don't mind you. I'd love to do karate. It'd be fun. I always want to do it as a kid. My mom wouldn't let me because I would have probably destroyed the house. I was so hyper. Um, so Jake was like, I'll do it if you do it with me. Great. That's how I got involved. And before we had, we were, before we had moved to Arizona, I had already gotten my black belt and they had said, you know, I said, Hey, could I ever teach? They're like, well, I stayed in touch with them and continued to train with them from a distance and Lord opened the doors and I opened a school. I'm kind of frightened with you now. All this time I've been giving you grief, thinking you, you're just a weakling who could never do anything. And all the time, to- all this time you've been hiding, hiding your jujitsu skills. It's karate skills, but same thing. <laughs> that's part of my secret, right? We keep it hidden. We don't want people to know. So, uh, okay. That's fantastic. So, so you were running this, this dojo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, that, and, is that right? Yeah. That's right. Very good. Okay. You're running this dojo yeah. and, and then. So we just decided to keep doing that. The training center sent out a guy named Justin to help us launch Harvest in Fountain Hills. Um, and about two years into that, his heart was always to plant in L.A. And, and it was fun, one of those, again, God moments where he and I sat down over coffee and I said, hey, I wanted to let you know, I feel like the Lord's done a lot of healing, a lot of work. Would you help me go to the training center and I'll see where the Lord sends me? Mm. And he, he just said, funny, you should mention that. He goes, I'm, I'm ready to go do L.A. and I want you to take over. Wow. And so that's kind of what happened. 2016, I came here, fall of 2016, and then January of 2017 went back. And we, uh, going back to the original question, like, we were excited. The people were excited. They, like, we, everything looked great. Everything looked great on paper. The people seemed to be really excited about it. And it just, unfortunately, didn't go as we had hoped or planned. Um, just kind of various challenges over time. COVID hit. And, yeah. How did you deal with that? I've talked to other, <clears throat> I've talked to, it's interesting talking to church mm-hmm. planners because it's, uh, you know, every, everybody assumes, probably rightly, mm-hmm. that, that obviously the Lord wants more churches mm-hmm. and he wants more good ones. Mm-hmm. And you follow the same script that other right. people follow. And then some of them get all the benefits mm-hmm. and the other ones just seem to be one, you know, moment of chaos yeah. after another. Well, you had that sermon about a month or so ago. You taught, you gave an illustration of two guys who go to the same training, yep. all the, in the same city, one flourishes, one doesn't. And yep. that was really our story that all the other harvests in the Phoenix area were flourishing and doing really, really well. Even the one up in Flagstaff was doing well. We weren't. And even getting coaching from every one of the rest of those guys and the staff here still, and everybody's like, you're doing all the right things. Yeah. We don't know. We don't know why. Yeah. We don't know why it's not growing. Um, and it just didn't. And got to the point where the elders recognized, you know, maybe we'd just be better off closing it down, encouraging people to partner with some of these other churches in our town and sending their resources to the other churches in town and, and that would have been hard. 
It was. It's without a doubt. It's hard not to feel like it, as the lead pastor in a small church, not to feel like you're the re- you're the problem. You're the reason. You're the failure. Mm. You know, um, mm. everybody else got trained the same way you did, and look at what they're doing. Right. So yeah, it was incredibly hard to not feel like I was the problem. Yeah. So then you ended up coming back here. Was that a? I mean, is that a surprise to you? Because they were looking for somebody at the at the at the Crystal Lake campus. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a surprise and a gift, really. Um, yeah. We, my wife saw the the job posting, yeah. And we we have you know, f- we coming through the training center was a huge time in my family's life. Our kids, Amy and I, we grew like weeds. We loved it. Harvest has always had a special place in our hearts. Um, with all the challenges Harvest faced, we've been praying for Harvest, wanting to see Harvest thrive. And we saw the posting, and she kind of sent it to me, kind of laughing, like, "Wow, wouldn't that be funny if we went back now? Like, we'd love to." We doesn't matter what they've been through. And I even kind of laughed, like there's not a chance in the world to hire me. It's a mega church. The largest church staff I've been on is 300. I just passed at a church and I couldn't make it succeed. So why in the world would they want me? Um, so really it was a grace. It was grace and a gift to us that Harvest was interested in us and even wanted to pursue us. The fact that I sent my paperwork in and got a call saying, hey, we'd love to have an interview with you. I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> That's really been the grace of God and, and helping me just see again his sovereignty over all things and he works how he works and the church closing in Arizona has nothing to do with me it's what he's doing and he accomplished plenty even in those seven years which, yeah. which we'll see years down the road probably but yeah so uh you were going through the process of actually becoming the campus pastor at Crystal Lake I think at the same time that mm-hmm. I was going through the process of becoming yes. the lead teaching pastor here so yeah. uh I'm thankful you're here I'm thankful the Lord led you here you've been a good partner in the ministry and appreciate it yeah We've had fun. John and I, we eat food together up in Crystal Lake. And he, the, although the place you took me went out of business. It did. It and I'm closed. wondering if that's because you took me. I don't know. It was excellent. It was a great yeah. deli spot. But uh, yeah. Okay. If I go to Chris, I want to yes. I, I want to do a, like a lightning round. Okay. All right. Uh, so quickly, if I go to Crystal Lake, what's the, what's the best place I have to eat based on your one year experience living there? I would recommend the barbecue place we just went to downtown. It's, it's new. It's only a year old itself. Okay. What's it called? Moontime Smoke and Q. Uh, Moontime Smoke and Q. If you're interested in, in advertising, advertising with uh, with the podcast, yeah. we'd be very happy to do that. That first one was free. Next time it's going to yeah. cost you. But if you are a sandwich guy, you have to go to Algonquin Sub Shop. Okay. Algonquin Sub That's Shop. It. What is the thing about Crystal Lake that you have has surprised you in a positive way? Like, what is it that you didn't expect, but that's... Probably the same thing I mentioned when I got here, how just loving and supportive the people are. I mean, I, it probably just coming out of a harder season of ministry to be people not even knowing us, really don't know us at all. And the way that they've loved us has really blown Amy and I away. It's been healing. It's been encouraging. It's been exciting. And just seeing God work through that has been really cool. What would you do on a Saturday? Don't have to work. Don't have to do anything. You just got you and your wife. What are you going to do? Probably go kayaking or paddleboarding. So, but kayak, which one? But either we have both. So which would you choose though? They're I different. Choose, I would choose kayaking. She likes paddleboarding better. I like kayaking better. All right. Where would you kayak? Fox River, Cary Lake. There's I mean there's lakes everywhere. Chain of lakes. Some places you gotta get stickers though and pay fees. Yeah. So like, that's not your jam. Well you wanna go into the ones where you can just drop it yeah, in. Yeah, drop it in and go. Do you know there's this really big lake near Chicago that's got you can like do Michigan? that in? Yeah. They actually have a path a kayaking pathway. It's either Milwaukee or somewhere south where they have campsites. So you could kayak for like five hours, pull into shore, camp, go back into the lake, kayak oh. for four or five hours. One of these summers we want to do that. 
That sounds fantastic. Yes. Where would you go with your family if you had to go on a, any kind of vacation? Like Prob- you have to choose one, though. It's like this is going to be the best vacation ever. Where? I'll pay for your airfare and everything. Where? Probably Hawaii. We love it. Love you've to been back. to have I, you been to Hawaii, uh-huh. or are you just saying that no, based on we, pictures? We, we, we've gone and we love it and have a great time. And we probably go to an island we haven't been to, but okay, yeah, we love to, the whole family dives, the scuba dive and snorkel, and we just love being out in the water. So. Okay, if the if if my prayer is answered and the Yankees are swallowed up by the earth, sure. What baseball team will you cheer for? Cubs. Okay, we had season tickets. My dad's company had season tickets growing up here, so we got to go to a lot of games. Okay, what's the deal with Alex Rodriguez? Uh, not a fan. Why? Well, because you guys are the ones who bought him and think that he was great and then decided so he wasn't you great. You did too. No, my team, the Seattle Mariners, we were the ones who originally yeah. uh, had him and we were trying to be kind to him. That was back in the day where he had a soul. Before he took drugs? <laughs> Would be, I, he probably was taking the drugs <laughs> at the same time. Just kidding. Alice Rodriguez is a very excellent baseball player, yeah. but not a great commentator. I'm just not going to tell I'm you. I agree, with you. I'm agree with you on that. He's a little bit frustrating. Yeah. All right, football team, Bears? Giants. What, because of the... So growing up in Jersey, again, the town I lived in, uh, somebody in town had a connection with the New York Giants. And so they sponsored our little league, like Pop Warner football. We had matching home and away uniforms to the New York Giants. I was 11 years old. And on, on one Friday night per month, a player from the team would come and coach that position. And so when I'm a sixth grader in New, in New Jersey, I'm the starting quarterback on our, little, on our team and the rookie that they just drafted is a guy named Phil Sims. So oh, I got a three-hour practice with Phil Sims. Did it help? <laughs> it did. We won the championship that year. Well, good. Um, and then he becomes a starter. Yeah, so I you're a Giants fan. a Giants fan for Yeah, life, that totally. For life. Yeah. Yeah, it's so not gone I'll well. root for the Bears until they play the Giants. All right. So. That's, I mean, that's pretty that's good. That's my, yeah, I've been here long enough that the Chicago teams until. What's your absolute favorite thing to do in ministry? Uh discipleship, mentorship, sitting down one-on-one and just help young men, help guys grow in the Lord, change their lives, see Jesus work in them. Well, you're very good at it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So look, if you live anywhere near Crystal Lake, you should be going to the Crystal Lake campus because John is one, one awesome dude and you would love to meet him. And now that you know that he kayaks, you can go kayaking with him and uh, eat at the Algonquin sub shop. With him. And if anyone in Crystal Lake uh, has different opinions about what the best food is, I would yeah. like you to correct John Please so do. that in the I'm, future I'm, I know exactly where to go. Because my wife and I, we go up to Crystal Lake uh, as much as we go probably any other spot just because it seems to have all this stuff and it's very quaint. Yes, it is. I like Crystal Lake a lot. Anyway, it's been great talking to you, brother. Me too. Uh, thanks for your partnership in the gospel. For the rest of you, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Karate?